0: Now the fun begins. Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and of course PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So, of course, like, subscribe, do all that jazz, rate us, review us, whatever you do on your podcast provider of choice do all that all that jazz wherever you get a podcast at and of course follow us on twitter at gpgc podcast to stay up to date with everything regarding the show video games alike and our dope giveaways i am your host as always travis white aka Travelist on most internet platforms joining me once again my partner in crime mike p pack mike my friend what is good what is going on and I don't even think I got to ask what you've been playing, but just, you know, just to, uh, just to dot the, uh, dot the I's, cross the T's, all that shit. What have you been playing?
1: Yeah. Uh, the ladder has dropped for Diablo two resurrected and, uh, been pretty much just playing that exclusively when I have been playing, uh, games. So, um, basically what happens whenever the ladder, uh, resets, I mean, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> there's a leaderboard for, Um, characters and their xp and basically the game of the ladder is to try to um you know get as high level as fast as humanly possible for some people um there are guys uh in the community that are doing level 99 challenge which basically um you know they're trying to get to level 99 the fastest um usually like Depending on how many people are playing, it can take you, I think it took probably me, like, maybe six or so gameplay hours to beat Hell Mode. Um, Well, probably actually more, because I guess in the ladder, there is a caveat, instead of it just being like normal non-ladder games, uh, the big change whenever you go to ladder is the fact that Um, the enemies actually spawn with, like, 20% more health by default. Mm -hmm. So everything's a little bit more difficult in that regard, which is, you know, pretty cool. Um, But also, you know, it kind of resets the market. So after a while, uh, the market for everything kind of slows down because everyone is finding the gear that they want. And there are still things that are going to be worth value. But Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, it's basically a market reset on, you know, on all the gear and stuff in the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so for me, I mean I played through as a, a sorceress the first time, um got to I think it's a level 86 right now, almost 87, and then uh wanted to try the new class because with patch 2.14 there was a a huge uh shift in the game and how it was going to be played because um they did a like complete and total overhaul of some of the characters and their functions on their skills and uh how the damage is pro, uh, how the damage <clears throat> is actually dealt by certain characters, so there's actually a shift. So, I mean, Hammerdens, and uh, if if you've played Diablo 2 in the past and you you think that there's nothing new to it, I mean, Hammerdins and, and Blizzard sources are still very good, mm-hmm. uh, but they've kind of changed the way that the Fist of Heavens skill worked with um Paladins before it was mainly a uh dueling character that relied mostly on the lightning strike damage whenever you first call down the Fist of Heavens but they reworked the way that Holy Bolt does damage, so now it's actually a very viable um, Hell uh, Chaos run, like Chaos Sanctuary runner, Mm -hmm. um, because of the way the Holy Bolts do like 1500 damage when it spreads out, so you can really kill um, demons. The biggest thing with Fist of Heavens is it's not very good against animal types, so like the cow level, um, you can't clear cow level fast at all because the only thing that does damage to the cows is your initial lightning strike, and it's a single target attack, so um, not a whole lot of um, AoE there, uh-huh. but whenever you're facing demons and undead and things of that nature, there's a ton of damage. They've also reworked uh, the way some of the uh, the classes work, like the, um, the druid is kind of different, and how it works and the summons work like the summon druids really good now Mm -hmm. um and they've changed a lot of other things in the game and they've also added in some rune words so it has changed it up a little bit um you know more recently uh i mean i'm still playing as my sorceress because i'm still trying to farm gear um but more recently i was able to um get a rush from uh one of my buddies jack dr prodigy and um you know we have we kind of went into the ladder together as a team. We're trying to find some more people that want to do it for like the next ladder reset. Uh Um, because the team of like super good, uh, speed runners, I think they beat hell mode and they did, um, they beat hell mode and slayed the first Uber in like under three hours time, which is really fast. Uh Um, so we kind of want to, you know, share our gear and do stuff like that. But, um, you know, that's, that's down the pipe. It's just been a lot of fun to play the game and, and try a new character that I have at level 76, the fist of heavens paladin and trying to clear chaos sanctuary and hell with him is a lot of fun. It's a little bit of a different play style. Mm-hmm. It's still somewhat similar to the hammered In, but it's not quite the same because it works a lot different. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I've been playing. I've pretty much just been playing Diablo two resurrected. I haven't been playing anything
0: else. Yeah. It's just the, it's the crack pipe. It's back, baby. It'll always be there,
1: you know, everyone like no matter what, like no matter how long I've been so clean and sober. Mm -hmm. It's that thing that like always tugs on me. And if I'm not careful, it sneaks up on me. And right here we are. It's it's, you know, effectively done that.
0: Right, right. So you mentioned this when you were kind of running through the whole spiel of kind of what your mindset is with this game right now and what you're kind of tackling with this game right now. But you are somebody who at one point, has dabbled in the speedrun of Diablo Two. Have you thought about doing that with D Two Resurrected at all?
1: Um, I have a little bit, um, to mm-hmm. be honest. The um, I, I honestly saw there has been some tweaks to the runs, which makes it uh, a little less RNG based. I think my biggest problem with speedrunning this game in the past was the previous route was heavily dependent on getting a. Uh, getting certain runes from the Countess and normal. Uh And at least for the Sorceress, I think the Assassin's still pretty similar. But for the Sorceress, they pretty much just skip needing rune words at all, at least for the normal playthrough. Uh So I have definitely considered it. Um, I think for me, what I've really been um, focusing on or at least debating recently, obviously with the ladder reset, I haven't quite had the time, but Uh I've actually wanted to get back into Ninja Gaiden speed running. Uh So that will probably be the next game that I uh get back into as far as speed running is concerned mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's definitely not off the table for me to start getting involved in some uh diablo 2 uh resurrected speed runs especially because the way that the game's changed recently um it has changed the runs uh enough that it's like not the same run as it used to be mm-hmm. when everyone was running it or i mean everyone's been speedrunning it for a super long time yeah and, and there there are changes to the routes but um it's no longer a stagnant game where like people can only get better at the certain route.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um it has changed in that regard, which is, you know, really cool to see.
0: Yeah. And I mean it it seems like too, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is a lot of RNG that goes into that run at times, right?
1: Uh like the the speedrun of Diablo 2 Resurrected has a ton of um rng in it specifically Mm -hmm. because you have to rely on certain runes to drop from uh normal countess Mm -hmm. and there isn't a whole lot of or i mean it's it's not necessarily rare for them to drop but there are times where like it's just completely out, out of your hand and there's nothing you can do right um so i mean that kind of thing is a little bit of a bummer
0: right yeah i i remember watching not only you attempt a speed run with that but also a couple other people and whatnot and one of the things that instantly I remember you getting to one point of that game, um, and I haven't played the game in so long. I bought D2 Resurrected, have yet to actually sit down and play through it, um, but haven't played through Diablo 2 in, in a long time. But I remember you getting to a certain point and you just being like, well, that didn't hit, so this runs through. And like, I'm just going to quit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. There's a part where you do Countess runs to level up,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but
1: you also try to find the rude word uh, stealth, which is uh, Tal F, which gives you 25% faster run walk, 25 percent faster cast rate and it also gives you um a regenerate mana and stamina Mm -hmm. so it basically makes you move faster and um there's like no way that you can really do the speed run for any semblance of like a reasonable time than by having that and if you don't get those rune words you're kind of fucked
0: yeah no definitely i can i can definitely see how that'd be a little frustrating (laughs) relying on that but Uh, On my end, in terms of what I've been playing, um, I talked about it really quick last week. I wrapped up my Fallout 3 replay, at least of the main quest. Uh, I'll probably go back and do some various side stuff um, in there. And I always forget when I'm playing through that, like because I'm so used to Bethesda games. Really? I mean, realistically, since Oblivion having so many factional quest lines and whatnot that Fallout three just did not have that at all. And I'm it, it just throws me off every time I play through that. I'm like expecting to go, okay, I'm going to, you know, go run through with Brotherhood of Steel or go and run through with, um, you know, the Enclave or whoever. And um, it, it doesn't really have a lot of that. So it was weird going through that and being like, Hmm, that's right. This just kind of not doesn't end, but it's like there's side stuff that you could do, but this is very much a more, more centered singular approach on the player compared to the whole like involving yourself in the world i guess but um but i talked about it last week you know it, it's it's crazy to me that that how well that game has held up over time like sure same with, like with oblivion there's some you could definitely see the edges and the rust that is built up on that game a little bit but the depth of that game is still there and i think the world is still great and sure the art um, you know, the art style and, uh, you know, graphically, that game hasn't held up as much um, as, you know, we all probably would have liked it to or look at. But at the same time, too, to me, that doesn't necessarily get in the way of what I find enjoyment out of the game, it being this living, breathing world and, uh, and you know, the inter- uh, interconnectivity of all the factions and with the main quest line and whatnot, like, there, Those reasons why I like that game, to me, make it feel like it's not a old, like it doesn't feel, the age isn't as much when I'm playing it in 2022, 2021, whatever. Um, Fallout 3, even more so, I feel, was really at that point, not that Bethesda was just like, hey, we can't be touched right now, um, but I think the writing in that game is so unbelievably just unscathed over the past, pfft, what, almost 15 years now since that game's been out? 14 years? Like, it's it's just crazy to me how well that game, from a writing standpoint, a dialogue standpoint, um, it has just, it, it hasn't aged a day. I mean, it really, it, it's, I think Fallout, the one thing that I do tend to like, the one thing in Fallout I do tend to like more than Elder Scrolls, because I, it's very much one of those things, like, and and Mike, I know you're the same way because you kind of line the same camp as I do. And Adam's on the opposite side of this. We all love the mainline Bethesda titles, the Bethesda Game Studios titles of Fallout Elder Scrolls. Like we like them both a lot, but we definitely like you and I more Elder Scrolls fans compared to mm-hmm. Adam, who is more a Fallout like there's usually one that you do have to like it's almost like kill your babies. Like, yeah, I do like this one, but this is my favorite child. Like kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But the one thing that I always have liked a little bit more in Fallout, just because I think that it's much more obviously evident and on the nose in Fallout is just the satirical humor that's found in that game. Um, yeah. And then that series just in general. I mean, all of it, for the most part, is just it. it it's so heavy handed in a lot of times, but it's so and it's so just it fits, but yet it's so abrasive against that, in, against the world. It's that the writing takes itself at a glass half full approach almost at times. And it, it just really, I think it has aged so well over time, comparative to, and, and maybe I've always thought like, Oh, you know, I kind of mentioned this last week too. Like fallout four has been so much closer in my, in my kind of scope of recent years than fallout three, just because of, kind of the issues that come along with Fallout 3 with playing it up until recently on PC or even once it got added to backwards compatibility and whatnot, it was a lot easier, but it was there was a lot more hurdles to kind of climb over with that, um, to play it on PC with games when live and all that shit. Um, so Fallout 4 was always, if I wanted to get my fix and it wasn't New Vegas, I'll play Fallout 4. But, mm-hmm. you know, I I guess I had looked back on it as, you know, oh yeah, Fallout 3, great, don't get me wrong, love it, but... You know, I think people have very rose-tinted glasses with this game when they look back on it just because of what Fallout 4 kind of came out and was. But going back and replaying it for the first time in a long time, it did hit me of like, you know what? This is... People were right. <laughs> like, I, would, I was definitely... My mindset was very wrong on this. Um But outside of that, I, I started playing Dishonored 2 again. I, it's, it's the one thing that I've noticed, Mike... My mind in this point, unless there's one big game or something like that that comes out, I always tend to make and I think it's just with my work schedule and kind of the craziness of work dying down for at least the next couple months uh, that I'm able to go back and kind of this is my backlog time where like Mm -hmm. I find unless there's a big game that comes out or something like that, we get an Elden Ring that pops up or, you know, whatever. Um you know, it's usually this time of year is my backlog time that time where I'm like thinking about, oh, yeah, I should either go back and replay that or, oh, I need to get around to playing that or I missed it at launch or yada yada. Uh, and I love Dishonored, love Dishonored one, especially uh, Dishonored two got into a couple years ago after kind of sleeping on it a little bit. Uh, but getting I uh, got into it kind of fell off a little bit, not because I didn't like it, but just other games came out and you know how it is. Um, but Kind of had that little bit of an itch just because I'm on a Bethesda kick again, yet again. Um, So I was like, you know what? I want to I want to I'm I I kind of in the mood for an arcane style immersive sim. Like, you know, what? I'm going to go back and actually just restart Dishonored to play through that. Uh, been having a great time with that, Uh, I think the thing I love about Arcane's games and really, I guess, Dishonored in general is that no matter how the the approach to design within that game is so immaculate that, and same with Dishonored 1, but Dishonored 2, they flesh it out so much more, um, that any way you approach the game is the right way. Um, And I think that is one of the ultimate, like, they're one of the ultimate developers when it comes to putting, pretty much giving you the keys to the car, go ahead, you know, gas tanks filled up, you figure out all you got to do is make sure you get to, you know, point A to point B. I don't give a fuck how you get there. Um, and I think. I think a lot of people look at this now from a uh, from a design end, uh, whenever they are looking at either whether it's roguelites, whether it's. Um, just immersive Sims in general that kind of give you the open-endedness of how to tackle different things uh, or even just quest design in general with games that are either open world or, um, you know, kind of not linearly structured. Li- the linearity of the game. Isn't necessarily straightforward. Like you find in a lot of, you know, RPGs and things like that. I think just the way this game approaches a lot of things is kind of it's kind of used as that to point to and say, okay, look at how Arcane did this with Dishonored and Dishonored 2 specifically. So I've been having a great time going back and doing that. There's a couple other games on my docket that I'm kind of like eventually going to play after this because I'm going to, we're going to have a little time before like the next big release comes out. Um, so it's it's going to be nice. I kind of want to go through and do like a full like Arkham playthrough again, like Asylum City and Night. Um, mm-hmm. I also kind of want to play Doom Eternal yet again. Um, just because I've been getting the itch, and I, I uh, recently re-listened to the interview that Hugo Martin, the game director of Doom Eternal and creative director of Doom 2016, did with NoClip. It's really good. I highly suggest anything danny O'Dwyer does. With NoClip is incredible. But go over there, and listen to that. Um, just him talking about the game, like, and just. When I just when I think of Doom, it just gets me in one of those moods and I'm just like, nothing else will scratch that itch unless it, mm-hmm. I'm playing Doom. So kind of one of those moods that I'm like, eh. and But at the same time, there's only so many hours in the day and I got to narrow shit down at least a little bit. But uh, And then Molly and I are kind of dipping it in and out of a couple of things. Uh, we started up Bioshock just because she wanted to play something that had a little more narrative impact. And I'm always down to play Bi- Bioshock, so I wasn't necessarily like, she wasn't twisting my arm too much. So uh but outside of that that's pretty much it on my end though but mike we got a topic that what I
1: you're not gonna play halo
0: infinite season two you know all the fixes that were done on that you know i was gonna let you go like i was gonna i was gonna i i i had it listed on the docket on like my like my like i uh, at least from my uh metaphorical docket that I kind of keep in my head of like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to talk about this on the show this week, this, this, this. I had it on there. I mean, I had it on there, but you know what? I thought, you know, Mike, uh, Mike wasn't on the show last week. I'm sure he's got, you know, a lot of stuff he wants to talk about. I'm sure he you know, just wants to shoot the shit. He's probably want to just, hey, I, you know, we want to keep it a light and jolly mood. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm not even going to bring it up. But, you know, now that since you just kind of shot yourself in the pulpit, I am going to bring it up. Uh what uh (laughs) before we get into the big show or the big topic of the show uh yes halo infinite's newest season season two lone wolves is out now uh you can go in and play it uh if you want Uh, um mike do you plan on jumping in and checking this out at all
1: um i don't i don't know um you know, it's funny.
0: That's I more was, than uh, I thought. That's more of an answer than I thought. I'll be quite honest.
1: I will say it's installed because the, a league that we signed up for a long time ago, like when the game was still new and relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a league that we joined is concluding eventually at some point. And we have gotten to the point where it, we're supposed to finish that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um I was contacted by someone I was teaming with uh in the qualifiers before Kansas City. This would have been like just post Raleigh. And it's hilarious because she actually said like you know what's you know what's hilarious um like one like in the middle of a tournament. So this is like middle of a face it tournament uh-huh. in the heat of the battle, like in the heat of competition. I j- literally was just like in the middle of a fucking series. I literally verbatim was like yeah um i don't think i'm gonna compete anymore i'm not having any fun Uh and this was like before we got eliminated (laughs) and then after we got eliminated i literally like never got back on the game and she was literally like it's literally stuff of legends you said i don't i'm not having fun i'm not gonna play anymore and then you just literally never got back (laughs) on (laughs) and then i i i told my buddy Derek, um incessant like i i sent him a screenshot of the of the message uh, message was like, look what I got. And he was laughing because he's cause he said the exact same thing. He's like, you know, people usually be like, oh, I'm not playing anymore. And they're just like having a pissy fit, like whatever. Um, you know, it's it's not usually mm-hmm. like they don't usually hold themselves to it. But he's like, no, you literally just up and quit. And it's funny because I was thinking, like literally, um, I did I did the exact same thing with Halo Reach. I did the exact same thing with Halo 4 and Halo Five. Um I did the same thing with Elden Ring to an extent. Not mm-hmm. that I was, like, done competing. But, like, there are little, literally times where I will just be done with a game. And I'm just... I'm literally done with it. Yeah. And I will never Fallout play it 4? again.
0: Fallout 4? It's,
1: yeah. And it's not that <laughs> I, like especially with like Elden Ring. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just I'm done. Like I've gotten my fun out of it. It's a challenge. I had a lot of fun, but it's time to move on with my life. Now there's other games like Diablo 2 that I will never have that happen. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, going down the road, if Halo Infinite,
0: you will fixed, never break my heart.
1: <laughs> if, if Halo Infinite can get fixed up and working, then maybe um, mm. I, I would like to go to orlando and compete and, and drink and see all my friends again because you know it's just it'll be a good time it'll be in september or whatever it'll be a decent time to go down there but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean the all the updates all the notes that i've seen from people are pretty disappointing mm-hmm. not only because they've nerfed some of the movement and things of that nature so they nerfed like when you jump like if you're sprinting jump full sprint
0: oh i saw uh, i did see jack talking about that in your twitch chat the other day
1: yep and and like it's fine or whatever but they didn't like they didn't do much else to fix. Like they didn't fix any of the other issues or bugs. Mm-hmm. And then they just added in. Um, if I if I like remember correctly, uh, there's like a weird issue right now where the battle rifle just won't shoot. Um, so you just sit there and shoot blanks. And it actually happened to me in a quali- in the qualifier tournament that I literally said, I'm like, i'm done playing Mm -hmm. i dropped the oddball we were playing on recharge and i was in elevator and i dropped the oddball because we were being pushed across mid brit like the mid bridges Mm -hmm. and the team calculated calculated a push and i needed to drop the ball to help my teammates to try to keep control Mm -hmm. and like i shot at a guy three times who was already weak and like it just looked like i did absolutely no damage like his shields didn't light up nothing happened but on my side the shots like went out Mm -hmm. and then my teammate was like you like he's like on my screen you didn't even shoot because I was literally was like what the fuck Uh I was like that that guy literally just took no damage and he's like he's like yeah like on my screen you just didn't even shoot and I was like what so we went back and watched the film from my point of view Uh the shots shot but didn't hit him from his point of view with the film like my shots didn't hit at all or my shots (laughs) didn't shoot (laughs) at all so like that's just like in a nutshell how bad the desync really is right and um it's also part of the, re- like, that's not the only reason why I didn't want to play anymore. Like, playing Bizarre repeatedly, and it's not even good, Recharge isn't a good map. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons why I didn't want to play. But yeah, maybe if they start to address some of those things that are, you know, causing serious issues, mm-hmm. then I'll get back into it. Um, and I might get back into it for for Orlando, but if I do, it'll probably be on a super, like, casual method. Yeah. But when I compete, I usually can't take it half assed. I usually yeah. am either full bore or not. And I decided I didn't want to just be half assing it. But you never know. Stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah, true. And, and, and it's funny, like I was thinking about it actually today. I stopped at the store uh, at the grocery store on the way home uh, to get dog food and stuff from work. And I was even thinking about it, too. I When I was kind of going through and doing the docket in my mind, I'm like, you know, Maybe I should at least hop on and like check out the battle pass, see what it looks like, see what's on there, yada, yada. And then like, I thought about it and you know me, I'm, I'm much more for when it comes to, I don't want to say forgiving, but I'm much more lenient when it comes to, even though I do like playing competitively and whatnot, like I'm, I'm a little more open to if I see that there's noticeable change happening and noticeable like effort being put into addressing some of the things within the game and whatnot. But realistically, since this game's release, we haven't seen that personally, um, at least from a standpoint that I feel that's acceptable for what this product is and how long the development's been. And, you know, comparative to other games of service titles that had a similar launch and whatnot like that. But I was thinking about it. I was like, when would the next time I get on to play this game and, honestly like because i thought about do i want to jump on for the battle pass or whatnot yada yada and then i thought i from that perspective i thought about it and the one thing that came to mind was you know what and i don't know what made me think of this i think because i was like well i do have the i do have the mark V helmet that i did want uh that i got from the battle pass like the traditional master chief helmet i was like Mm -hmm. I, i i like playing i like even with customization i'll do whatever else on my spartan but i do like wearing the Mark five helmet. Um, I was like, I got that from the battle pass last time. I finished battle pass last time. Like, you know, I have what I need out of that. And then I thought, I'm like, you know what? This is the game that requires you, or this is the game that doesn't let you at least have whatever base color you want for your armor um, without either not even paying for it, but just pretty much straight RNG on whenever the store is going to have it available or what you can grind a hundred hours for to get through with the battle pass with that I was like there's no reason for me to invest in that like there there really isn't from just a casual perspective um you know like the idea of last part standing it sounds fun um at the same time though we you and I and Adam we've all played uh we've all played danger zone on CS:GO like it's very similar to that in the stance um and that had its, you know, that had some, you know, something's decent about it, but definitely had a lot of its flaws that, you know, if you're going to do a battle royale, like if you're going to do something like that, they need to just do a full battle royale with the game. Not just kind of, that's clearly what some people have been asking for, but it's also, you know, if you're going to take an attempt at that, like don't do, you know, 12 people you're going to need to do. And that probably also goes with the, you know, they don't have a, map the size that they would need to do that um given it being an arena shooter you know at most you got a big team battle map but you know that's about it and that kind of goes back to this game launched with only a handful of maps and it still only has a handful of maps after adding two more that it's you know it's just it it disappoints me in a lot of ways but the more i kind of saw what you were saying when you brought up you know some of your uh issues that you were having before the game even launched and some of the things that the more I'm kind of seeing, like, I've kind of been like, you know what? He he definitely wasn't wrong by any means, you know? Um, But the one thing uh, though that I do did think about when I was sure, like, when am I ever going to come back to this game? Like when outside of like, Hey, we fixed X, Y, and Z, we're doing this like full featured, like big things, you know? Yeah. That'll make me come back. Obviously. Uh, because I want this franchise to just fucking succeed so bad. Um, But probably the next time I come back to this game is probably co-op. Like co-op, <laughs> maybe Forge. And we don't, and truly, I mean, that's, that stuff's gotten bumped back. Like, even if they're not officially saying it, it's gotten bumped back. So, who knows? Who really, I like, I really don't see when I'll probably come back to this game. I haven't played since February 3rd, so... Just looking at it right now, as I was pulling up like kind of the checklist, looking th- looking through the actual update. But anywho, I didn't think we'd bring it up this week, but here we go. You know, it's not
1: a week a Game Pass Game Pass without me shitting on Halo and No,
0: absolutely not. Anyways, though, let's talk about something fun, Mike. This I, I brought it up last week while you were gone. Uh, I said I didn't want to really touch on it too much, just when I was kind of shouting into the void and t- you know, kind of talking my th- thoughts through on everything for gaming that week. Um, but we did get confirmation. I wanted to wait and have you on so we can kind of digest it ourselves and kind of, you know, not that we're shocked by any means of this happening because we fully expected it to happen. But now that we kind of have confirmation when it is and whatnot, uh, a little over a month from now, and it was announced last Thursday, uh, Xbox... Microsoft, I guess, if you want to say Microsoft announced that they will be doing yet another Xbox and Bethesda game showcase. It's coming June 12th. Uh, I got a write up here from Michael Mcweirter over on Polygon is always link in the description, to kind of set the stage and we'll get into it. But Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda Softworks will hold their annual gaming showcase, which is typically aligned with E3 in June on Sunday, June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Microsoft announced last Thursday. The live stream show promises to feature, quote, amazing titles coming from Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda and our partners around the world. Microsoft said in a statement, the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase will cover games coming to Xbox and PC platforms, including releases for Game X for Game Pass for Xbox and PC the show will be streamed on xbox's youtube twitch twitter facebook and tiktok channels that's kind of interesting uh viewers should expect at least two bethesda titles all uh, right bethesda games to show up during the event bethesda's game Studios, starfield and arcane studios redfall both of which are slated for release in 2022 on the xbox game studio side there are many announced uh, there are many announced but still under or uh, undated games that could apply could appear, including Obsidian's uh, Entertainment's Avowed, Rare's Everwild, Avalanche Studios' Contraband, Playground Games' Fable, The Initiative's Perfect Dark, Ninja Theory's Senua Saga Hellblade 2, Undead Labs' State of Decay 3, and Obsidian's The Outer Worlds 2. So, not that I think either of us are shocked by any stretch of the imagination that Shocker, Bethesda is going to be having yet or Xbox and Bethesda are going to be doing another showcase Um, before we kind of get into the games and kind of what we expect, what we're hoping, yada, yada, all that. One thing that I kind of want to get your take on, Mike, and I kind of brought it up last week and didn't like I said, didn't want to get into it too much, but at least wanted to bring it up that for the second year in a row. Xbox. Is approaching this event, or their realistically, this is their E3 briefing. Briefing without E3 being there, but Xbox is for their event this summer. They're once again aligning Bethesda with them, not within them. Um, and this is the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase for the second year in a row. What do you kind of make of that? Given, um, hey, this is. Oh, oh no, 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 you're good. Um, I was just gonna say, given this is the fact that, hey, we're now the the ink is well and dry, and you know Bethesda is fully under Microsoft's ownership now at this point. Um, this you know last year was a little different. The ink was still drying, kind of metaphorically. That you know it's early in this new deal that's officially done now, but we're over and done with now where Bethesda has now been under Microsoft's wing for quite a while. Do you think this does stay long term like this for the foreseeable future when Xbox does have or Microsoft in general, I guess when they do talk video games, they're going to kind of keep these two entities still kind of separate compared to, well, yes, technically they're all under the Xbox game studios banner, uh, clearly this seems to be at least a sticking point for right now, uh, with Zenimax and the deal that included Bethesda, you know, this seemed to be a sticking point for them that they kind of wanted this to, you know, we kind of want to have still have not independence, but kind of that's kind of that self-centered, not self-centered. That's, that's kind of negative to look at it that way, but this, I, their own identity still a little bit. What do you, what do you kind of think about all of it? Um, you know, I, I look at it
1: from a, a lens of it's just probably good business to behave like this and to treat something or some one or an entity that you acquired. Like, I think it's, it's, it's super smart business for Microsoft to behave this way, because quite frankly, in the future, let's say that they want to make a- another purchase and say they want to purchase, I don't know, someone like Bungie who, you know, kinda of got out from underneath the uh the shadow of, of Microsoft, I guess you could say. Um, I look at it as like uh, you know, they wanted to go their own way, um, and make their own game, which, you know, all intents and purposes, I was sad to see Bungie go. Not that, you know, Halo Reach was the best thing I've ever played, but you know, look at comparison to my favorite franchise to when Bungie had it versus three four three. It's obviously you know, light and day. And I think, you know, it's a really good idea to treat your business. um, I don't know that I would call them partners, but Mm -hmm. to treat someone or something that you purchased in this manner that you're giving them this type of respect because it looks good to other companies. Mm -hmm. Let's say, you know, obviously, I don't think this would ever happen um, because they're just huge on their own and they obviously don't need it. But even a company like, let's say, and this is going like way wacky. This isn't like, Me predicting anything but let's say like a company like bandai namco let's -hmm. say that for whatever reason they want to align with microsoft for whatever reason um and if they were to want to do that it's because microsoft has proven with bethesda or is proving with bethesda bethesda that they'll let you do your own thing um even if you know they've purchased you and i think that's kind of there's a caveat with that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that like it has to be a certain like caliber of design studio like you're not going to come in as like an indie design development studio and just get the keys of the kingdom and just run it run it however you see fit but like established studios like bethesda who probably really didn't need to partner with microsoft but i mean if they're throwing that kind of money at you what can you really say Mm -hmm. um a company like bandai namco again probably not I would say won't happen, but crazier things have happened before EA sports, whatever, Uh whenever they see how good that Microsoft is taking care of Bethesda, that doesn't hurt your chances of absorbing a company like that. So Uh I think like point blank, it's, it's just smart business first and foremost. Secondly, um, from a fan's point of view, it really excites me because there are a lot of things about Microsoft that could be concerning and rightfully so Uh, look at, you know, 343's handling of the Halo franchise in general. Mm-hmm. And again, not to keep shitting on them, but, <laughs> you know, obviously there's some room to grow there. Right. Um, I, I don't know. Something else that comes to mind is like the Gears of War franchise. Now, again, I don't necessarily, I don't have a educated guess or educated opinion on how Gears 5 was, campaign-wise, that is. Uh-huh. I did play the multiplayer. I thought it was a Gears game. Uh-huh. Um, But I think, you know what's interesting to me the most about Halo and Gears is the gameplay stays really good. Uh-huh. Um, but it it has a shelf life. Um, it always kind of did. Uh-huh. But it's not the years of old that people were, are just playing arena shooters all day, every day with their friends. You know, people want to have a little bit more of a casual experience. And I don't think that you're getting that so much with something like uh halo infinite and gears of war right now Uh and not saying that like gears is dead in the water but even something like gears is just like it's okay right like Uh it's not good it's not great it's just it is what it is when before like gears and halo would be the gold standard Uh so the fact that microsoft isn't necessarily meddling too much in bethesda's business is really encouraging to me and if i was a if I was like a CEO of a studio, it doesn't even have to be Bandai Namco. Think of someone like, you know, Ubisoft. Um, God knows they could use some guidance for what they're doing, Mm -hmm. but I still think like even a company as big as Ubisoft, Microsoft wouldn't be quick to like want to take over the reins and make every decision for Ubisoft. That's something that they would probably still leave up to Ubisoft. Um, And I think again, that just is really good for everyone involved because it just shows good faith. It shows good business ethics And it shows a good partnership between two, you know, big, big players in the gaming landscape that together will probably, uh, you know, achieve some things that separate they definitely wouldn't wouldn't have. So hopefully this leads to more partnerships down the line for Microsoft, uh, because it's it's looking like a absolute win win for Bethesda. It Uh has yet to be seen, like what the return is to Microsoft. And you probably will truly never actually see that. In, in ink right in front of you you'll never actually see those types of numbers that easily uh-huh. i mean if you dig if you dug around and, and and found it uh you definitely could um but i mean i would say that because microsoft is allowing bethesda to do their own thing um they either a really like what starfield is going to look like or is looking like uh-huh. b they already have made a ton of money off of bethesda games or c they like what they see from um bethesda is in in regards to starfield but they also like what they see from bethesda in return in regards to what they have planned for elder scrolls 6 uh-huh. so that's what i would think um from my outside um lens with a objective lens not so much a bethesda or microsoft fanboy lens uh-huh. just a straight up like this
0: is what just kind of makes business sense to me right yeah and, and i'm i'm right there with you that This clearly was, and we've kind of talked about this before, and even, too, I mentioned last week on the show, I remember when, at one point, I think when it did come out last year that they were doing this kind of co-branded conference that I believe it was Jeff Grubb uh, tweeted about it or he talked about it on Grub Snacks. I can't remember which one it was, but him saying, like, this is probably going to be at least For the next couple years, like this year, next year, maybe 2023, 2024, we see it go to just Xbox Game Studios, something like that, and then focus on Bethesda within it. Um, But clearly, this is kind of when you look at it, it, it clearly was a sticking point for ZeniMax whenever they were looking to be acquired by X or by Microsoft that this they they've always seemed to want to have their independence. That's always been something that was very, you hear it a lot in interviews with Todd Howard and uh, with, uh, you know, where he's talked about, you know, one of the nice things was for, you know, a long time they were up until, you know, very, very, very recently they were a privately owned company. They didn't have shareholders to answer to, but they were putting out games and publishing games akin to on the level that was akin to that of a major triple a publisher um so they kind of had a little bit of best of both worlds um but clearly it seemed to have made sense with them to be acquired by microsoft um that they clearly saw something in it at that point that hey this is the right move for it so clearly that form of kind of having that identity still and having their them be identifiable, not just as an Xbox game studio, Um, which who knows, we may see that with Activision whenever Activision, you know, eventually is fully within the uh, fully within the, you know, confines of Xbox game studios. Uh, So it's who knows, we may end up seeing a just, and I could see it potentially even going like, You know, Microsoft holds their gaming conference and it is, you know, the Microsoft gaming conference. We're going to hear from Xbox Game Studios, uh, Bethesda and Activision Blizzard or, you know, whoever. So to me that I, I think it shows faith on both sides of the partnership. And I do see this more as not a. Not like you were saying, not necessarily, hey, we're coming in and buying you, you. You're, you you know, you're our dog now, you know, kind of thing. No, it's more of, hey, we like what you've been doing. We've worked together for a long time. We want to help. We see the vision that you guys have for whether it's Starfield, whether it's Elder Scrolls 6, the future of Fallout, whatever. We see what you guys have and what you guys want to do. We can help you get that from our technology, from our standpoint, from a technology standpoint, financial standpoint, whatever you need. We're able to do that. Why don't we just make it official kind of thing? And I think that Mm -hmm. seems more along the lines of this, and we're going to kind of see that, I think, long term. But I thought it was interesting that we are kind of seeing come to fruition what Jeff had mentioned last year of, hey, this is going to be a thing for at least a couple of years, which makes sense, because I could could definitely see them rebranding just the Microsoft gaming division. Um, And right now, it's just being viewed as, you know, all Xbox and whatnot. But I think as... The Xbox brand becomes more of an ecosystem. And I think as Microsoft kind of solidifies itself more and more every year as this kind of renaissance figure after, you know, the rocky launch of the Xbox One and the generation previous and seeing all of the good press, goodwill go into Microsoft right now. You know, hopefully that, you know, on all sides, it doesn't matter, just not Microsoft and Nintendo, PlayStation, PC gaming, whatever, like you want to see all of them succeed. You know, it's it's hopefully going to help carry that over that Microsoft just kind of has their gaming division and people understand that they when they hear Microsoft, it is akin with, you know, Xbox, Bethesda, Blizzard, Activision, you know, these names in gaming that They just know it's Microsoft. Um, So where that kind of gives everyone their independence, that that feel of self-identification still. So I was just curious what kind of you thought about all that. But enough talk about the business shit. Fuck that. Fuck that. Let's talk games. Let's talk good games. Good games. So. Obviously, the article over at Polygon kind of mentioned a little bit of that saying, like, you know, a couple of the big hitters, but I kind of wanted to run through a little bit. And we can even kind of view this as, you know, and not necessarily spending too much time on each one, uh, but just kind of looking at what each studio, kind of running through the studios, going down the list, and kind of seeing what really they're at or where their studios are at within Xbox Game Studios, what they're kind of working on and what we kind of expect. Um, because there was word that came out um, and one other thing I, too. actually before we get into that, one other thing I did want to mention, because this was this kind of came out hot off the presses because uh, we're recording a little bit earlier in the week. But I uh, it was announced that uh, Embracer Group, they would be buying uh, Crystal Dynamics, uh, the Tomb Raider IP. Uh, Who else was it? Uh, Pretty much all of Square's Western studios, they were going to be buying, and Square Enix was selling them for, I think it was like $300 like not that much money (laughs) in the grand scheme of things uh, for what you would uh, akin relative to that. Um, Before we kind of get into that end of Xbox and their first-party studios and whatnot, do you think we see any kind of either you know acquisitions do we you see any kind of uh potential third-party partnerships with any kind of exclusivity um just kind of whenever i was thinking about the square enix news it kind of made me think about that that typically we we've kind of seen that back off a little bit outside of hey we're bringing the show to game pass and Mm -hmm. we're partnering with ea play and uh you know ubisoft and whatnot but do you imagine seeing anything from an actual game release from a third party that we see maybe it's timed exclusivity, a partnership of some sort uh, come out of this year's showcase.
1: I think it's a it's a possibility, only specifically because I feel like um, because Sony's still doing it. Um, but then again, you know, Microsoft has pretty much, you know, at least rec- within recent years, really honed in and tried to focus on being like the gamers place to play games kind of thing like the cool kids like this is where we take care of gamers and like all that cool like hip lingo talk that they say about like gamers and and the fans of of video games so i don't think um because it just feels a little off brand at this point in time now if they did it would i be shocked i don't think i don't think anyone could really be Mm -hmm. i would be surprised though just because of the fact that they have just tried to be like the shining spot in gaming for so long when it comes to like basically not making their games exclusive or or at least timing it to where it comes out on pc at the same time Uh so i think it'll be interesting to see if that continues uh for sure because um you know i think i think they might realize they kind of are leaving some money out on the table or at least some they're leaving some uh you know chances out there to really I don't know if, if twist the knife is is really the, the term that I would use, but at least to really capitalize on that timed exclusivity to try to push console sales. But I think the biggest the biggest problem right now, at least to Microsoft, is they don't necessarily want to make their games exclusive, in my opinion, because it's still relatively hard to get con- the new generation of consoles, unfortunately, <laughs> and I don't think that's good for business. Whenever you're having a shortage like that, there's already a heightened amount of demand because the supply is so low, which is just like macro economics 101. If <laughs> there's no supply, the demand's automatically going to be high. If there's Except much if supply, you're in the, the stock
0: dem- market. Except if you're in the stock market and there's manipulation, but well, that's, that's a side they, note.
1: <laughs> they play by completely different rules. Right, in yeah. fact, I don't even think there are no rules. And if there is, they're not properly policed. It's, but,
0: it's called crime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but in regards to um, this, I just think it would just be so off-brand for Microsoft to, you know, hold something behind on an exclusivity deal. Now, could something from like a third-party, smaller uh development studio come out to say uh game pass first yeah i would i would see that happening but as far as like a big time first party like AAA exclusive or timed exclusive that's just not going to happen and i don't even think starfield will do that i know we both we kind of have differing opinions on that but i really don't think starfield's going to have timed exclusivity
0: yeah i i mean it's it's already obviously been confirmed like hey this is going to be pc and xbox exclusive but yeah i i don't see it at this point now like after a year or something like that, coming out saying, hey, we're going to bring it to Sony or anything like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp as you. I don't think I I think in terms of. I think in terms of we're not going to see necessarily from an acquisition standpoint, anything really until the Activision Blizzard era is kind of that whole deal is kind of solidified and done and the bows on it. Everything's good to go. Ink's dry kind of thing. I don't think we'll see anything In regards to potentially even any other acquisitions, you know, you know, future acquisitions until that's done, because that's such a monster deal at almost 70 billion dollars. Like, you know, there's going to be investigations with that and whatnot just to kind of get everything buttoned up and whatnot. So I don't see anything on that regard Um, outside of the, you know, hey, we're bringing this to Game Pass, yada, yada like that, or maybe a day one third party. Uh, release on Game Pass might be in the future, you know, with the cards or whatnot. So who knows? But uh, I will be interested to see, you know, if anything like that kind of comes out of it. But anywho, wanted to get your opinion on that, too, Mike. Uh, But let's kind of jump into it. Let's kind of run through just where we kind of are right now with Xbox and its studios and what they're kind of bringing to the table uh, heading into this showcase and where kind of we're at. So obviously 343 Everything's out in terms of Halo Infinite. Well, everything that they could release. Um, Do you think kind of one thing looking at this, you kind of mentioned 343, and I'll even throw the Coalition in there too because they're the next one I was going to bring up. Um, Do we see a date for really co-op or Forge if any of those have flipped or not? Do we see a date for that uh, at the showcase? And speaking of the Coalition, do we get kind of a hint of gear six do we get anything gears related or really anything from the coalition this year
1: i think if i i think so i think you're gonna get some news from the coalition mm-hmm. even if it's just a little trailer kind of you know similar to what yeah similar to what elders like to what uh, bethesda did with elder scrolls 6 mm-hmm. um which like for the most part it's really done a good job at quieting me personally down because mm-hmm. i was one of those people that was like calm the fuck on bethesda get your shit together stop making fucking fallout games like we get it fallout games are cool but let's get it together yeah like you can't leave us on the lurch with what you released as far as skyrim's concerned so they finally came out with just even a little teaser and it really shut everyone up mm-hmm. i don't know that the gears community is really in that place um to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but. For me, it's like one of those things where um, I like Gears of War multiplayer, and I do like the campaign, too. I always thought the campaign was maybe underrated, believe mm-hmm. it or not, back in the day, which I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah. So I would be excited for some fresh Gears of War content, mm-hmm. um, personally. But at the same time, it's like, what will actually happen with that is is up in the air. I just know that they're going to at least tease something.
0: Yeah, I think they've been so... The Coalition's been so active with uh, the technology with Unreal 5 um, and working with Epic uh, to kind of promote that and show what they're able to do with that tech. Uh, They've been pretty much... They've been one of the staples in any kind of big, uh, you know, communication or showcase from Epic with unreal they've always they've been there for the most part showing off hey this is what uh this is uh kind of concept of what we can do with environments with uh the meta uh the metahuman uh character creation that we could do and work with in the models with that uh and some of the cinematics as well they most recently showed uh i think that isn't all for naught um i think that's obviously clearly there you know this is going towards gear six or whatever else might be coming down the pipeline. Cause we've, I've heard some, there might be some more RTS, uh, like an RTS project potentially in the works outside of gears tactics, obviously. Uh, but from the coalition, actually, uh, I've heard that there's another project in the works. So we may see something like that, that kind of is a, you know, a, a bridge game to eventually get us to gear six, whether it's in, the gears proper universe or not. But I think, um, I think we do get an actual tease of gear six. I think we're going to be at this point coming up on the third anniversary of gears five. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that is potentially long enough to at least hear that. I mean, everyone all already knows, Hey, we're working on the next entry of gears of war. Uh, that'd be dumb not to think that they're at least doing that to some degree. Um, but, uh, for a lot of studios, especially of that size and whatnot, Even if it isn't, hey, we're fully in, you know, we're in actual production by the time their next project wraps. We're seeing pre-production being done on many games for the next entry, you know, while the other one's getting wrapped up with development. So I would be very surprised if we don't see, if we don't see at least a hint of year six uh, this year from the coalition. Um, Kind of moving down the list, Double Fine uh, just releasing... Uh, Psychonauts 2 next year, I don't think really anything because there's such a, a smaller studio that we really will see anything outside of anything, you know, maybe DLC wise for Psychonauts 2. Um, but next on the list, the initiative, though, um, they've kind of had uh, a little bit of kind of topsy-turvy a little bit with the development of Perfect Dark from what we've known, bringing in Crystal Dynamics um, to help with development and kind of from what it sounds like a little bit of rocky development in general with some uh departures from their studio from executive levels and whatnot um do you think this year given everything that's kind of going on right now do you think we potentially see is this a year we see gameplay from them with perfect dark uh maybe not a hey this is coming in 2023 kind of thing i don't necessarily think we get a date but do you think we at least this is the year we at least get a nice good look at this game for what the fuck it actually is when we hear eco, I think it was like eco espionage, you know, action or something like that. Um, I can't remember how exactly they described it when they revealed it, but um, do you think this is we actually get a look at what their take is going to be on Perfect Dark uh, this year or are we going to kind of sit on this? Uh, a little bit longer, considering they may have rebooted some of development.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if they have anything uh, like ready to go to show,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we'll see that. Um, I think you'd be a little remiss to not think that that would be, you know, probably going to happen. Right. right. But um, as far as like all the turnover that they've had at their studio, I think you'd be probably a little bit hopeful to think that you're going to get, um you know, you're going to get like an actual gameplay and a date. You're going to get some gameplay. Maybe if, it, if it's in and it, it'll it probably be a little bit in engine. You know what I mean? But Ugh. it's not going to be, you know, what some fans are potentially clamoring for, because there's it's a long way away.
0: Yeah, no. And I, and I agree with you, because I think whether you take the whether you take the idea of, hey, this is a full-on reboot of development that we're seeing for this game from if, you know, obviously if sources are correct and, um, you know, obviously we've seen some turnover and whatnot. We're talking about a studio that was homegrown. This is a grassroots studio for Microsoft. Um this isn't uh hey, we're acquiring the studio that's been up and running for ten years. Hey, we're acquiring the studio that's been already has a couple games under their belt that they've put out and had success and what on. This is a studio that is being built from the ground up to make you know really what they've always said is quadruple a exclusives for Xbox really realistically to match Sony's output of hey uncharted, hey uh last of us. Hey, God of War, like that level of exclusive narrative exclusive um, that we traditionally see from Sony and that they've had so much so much success with that this was built for that. And even being announced in 2018, that's still quite a while or that's still, you know, four years coming up on that. You're talking hiring, you're talking then going from hiring for at least a full year into pre-production for at least probably a full year, working on an engine, working up a prototype, then getting into full development. I mean, this is probably, if everything's going smoothly, probably the year that you actually maybe show a gameplay demo, maybe. Um, so, it, you know, I, I definitely think we see something. I think I think they need to kind of get out in front of the narrative a little bit with the uh, with what's going on with Perfect Dark and so many people being in the dark coming out, no pun intended, um, uh. coming out and saying like, hey, we're partnering with Crystal Dynamics and that kind of throwing people off. And now obviously the rumors with, uh, you know, the game being somewhat rebooted, um, you know, to a degree, some elements of the game, I don't think fully rebooted, but, um, you know, some ele- elements of the game kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit. You know, I think they need to control the narrative a little bit. And I think this is the year that they could potentially do that by coming out and at least showing something, showing the idea, uh, you know, give us that, give us that slice of gameplay. Give us that kind of look into this game to see what just the basic I- basis in the ideas around this game is. The con- Give us a proof of concept, I guess. Um, kind of looking through here, I want to kind of group a couple together. Um, we're, I guess, really... Kind of pairing with that a little bit uh, that we potentially have heard from games that are, hey, this is actually happening. We have no release date, no gameplay footage, no nothing. Uh, I'm looking at Obsidian with Avowed um, also, too, if you want to throw in the Outer Worlds, too. But I very much think that is still in pre-pro- pre-production and we won't see really anything from that we may who the hell knows but i i think that one's more of a long shot uh because they have avowed coming out their rpg that is basically don't call me elder scrolls but is elder scrolls before they bought bethesda um that is in the um ah what is it, pillars of eternity uh universe but i uh, avowed that we haven't seen anything from yet besides the teaser trailer uh and also uh playground games fable reboot um, which one do you think we are more likely to see, Mike? Do you think we're going to see? I, I think we have a chance to obviously see both this year. Um, but do you think we see potentially. Which one do you think, I guess, is more likely to be farther down the pipeline to say we feel more confident bringing this out and this being the right time to show it avowed the RPG from Obsidian uh, or the reboot of Fable games from uh Fable from Playground games that really, we, outside of that quick CG trailer, we have nothing to go on.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's <laughs> it's definitely interesting because I, I kind of forgot, um, I for, kind of forgot that they were kind of building out an Elder Scrolls game to try to answer Sony, um, you know, before they bought Bethesda. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that is, uh, it is it is quite kind of something you know to be thinking about um i hope you know for their sake that they have something in the pipe kind of ready to go um because there is so much happening there are so many games coming out and i can understand that you know they might be afraid to get lost in the the shuffle a little bit i just hope that they don't like overthink it and think that because all these awesome games are out or because we have like Microsoft has Bethesda says that now they have to do something totally wacky and crazy to get people's attention. Just make it like, I think a lot of development studios are, are overthinking it a lot of the time uh-huh. on in all honesty, while having, you know, super crazy, cool new um, effects or um, engine mechanics in games seems to be something that a lot of people want to go for. I think, you know, in in today's day and age, right now at least, I feel like simple's better. And uh-huh. a game that really, you know, has caught a lot of shit from us for, for good reason, in my opinion, for a while, is a game like Fortnite where... Um, You know, for all intents and purposes, do I like BR games? Not necessarily, but they went ahead and they removed the building and it's just such a simple change. I don't know how hard they had to work to make the simple change, but the slide mechanic, the clamber mechanic, all of it is just so clean and polished. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think is being lost in translation. And it's not even just some of it's not even, you know, studios like 343 or Activision that are having these issues. It's honestly like, you know, it's it's a lot of studios are going above and beyond. I mean, look how flat CD Projekt Red came out with uh, Cyberpunk. And yeah, they had some wacky, cool installments and changes that were done on the engine, but look how bad the game performed because of it. Uh-huh. And I think that, in all, for all intents and purposes, a lot, or a little, in terms of, you know, changing the the world when it comes to engines and things of that nature mm-hmm. and having a really good, you know, story driven game goes a long way. And I think a game like Elden Ring, which is still mechanically and engine wise, really deep and interesting, but look how good that game did and how difficult that that game is. I think whenever a studio, you know, like this kind of goes in, in that direction mm-hmm. and keeps it simple Um, you know you're doing the right thing and and bringing on Crystal Dynamics to work on it which um, you know for all intents and purposes for what I've experienced from Crystal Dynamics I've been really you know pleasantly surprised now um, I don't know off the top of my head if they did the Warcraft 3 remake but as far as like Diablo 2 remastered and their assistance with that as far I'm pretty sure they assisted with D2 Resurrected and they also like helped tony hawk pro skater one and Uh two and if you played the old tony hawks and haven't played the remastered version you're missing out because the games are just so clean and polished compared to the way they felt like wonky and wacky on the n64 Uh like the games are just so clean and smooth and it's really made me want a tony hawks underground really badly so i think like while people have the right to be a little concerned because they're like oh my god they've had to bring on another studio for consultation to get this game launched mm-hmm. crystal dynamics from what I've seen is a quality studio. And I think if they weren't heading in the right direction, direction previously, they will be now, hopefully, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of course I could be wrong and crystal dynamics could miss, but for all intents and purposes, everything that they've touched that I've played has seemed, you know, really good.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, as somebody who's just gone back and started replaying through the tomb raider games earlier this year, like the polish that they have with those games and the tech that they bring to those games, I think is really going to be, if they have any kind of ex- expertise with that, that they're bringing into to bring along to perfect dark, I think should be a no brainer. It should be, you know, I, I still, I personally think, like I said, that'll be their ability to control the narrative this, this year to come out and show this. I, uh, while you were talking, I thought I did hear this, uh, thinking about Jeff Grubb earlier, he did mention on the Xbox era uh, podcast back in March that he did expect kind of this year to be at the showcase uh, to be obviously focused on Starfield uh red Redfall, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and then finally getting a good look at Forza Motorsport. Oh shit. Yeah, I
1: was, I was incorrect. I, uh, I was thinking about v- Vicarious visions, not crystal dynamics. I'm
0: sorry. I got those two mixed. Oh, up. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, which which technically is now going to be an xbox game studio so they're in the fucking mix too now (laughs) yeah but with
1: with crystal dynamics i'm sorry they did the tomb raider Mm -hmm. games uh they've they've done such a such a great job with them with the tomb raider games i don't i don't know that you could really uh you know go wrong with bringing on that team to help you you know reach the finish line or from what it sounds like kind of maybe restart the race if you if you know what i mean
0: yeah no definitely um and then uh looking at fable and looking at um avowed uh like i was saying though jeff did mention uh earlier the uh earlier this year back in march that uh probably quote unquote probably that we're going to see both avowed and perfect dark next year potentially um and that was i think post you know hey word going out that this development might be a little bit rocky on uh perfect dark but it seems like a is a little bit further along than what a lot of people think. Um, And even hearing about that, and that was before Jeff making those comments that I've even heard that potentially this game is in a state where it is very much playable. It's not obviously finished playable um, to any degree like that, but in a state where they're getting through the game for the most part in a playable fashion that now they're kind of going through and tweaking and you know, everything on that regard that I wouldn't be surprised necessarily. I wouldn't be shocked for sure if we do see something from both of them. Um, I think maybe avowed before Fable. Um, because I still think Fable is a little bit further off than what some people think. I think that might be a 2024 game, because I think I think that Playground was still very much in the hiring phase. When that game was announced, they were still building up, uh, still very much in the midst of building up their staff to develop for that game. So I think it is still very much obviously in proper development, uh, but a little I think Avow's a little bit further on uh, down the road. Uh, to kind of wrap it up, Mike, let's head into the Bethesda side here uh, and just kind of look at. We obviously know Starfield is going to be the big game this year. That's going to be really that's going to be from what we know, at least right now of announced games and whatnot. That is Microsoft's crown jewel this year. That is that is their game of the year right now of or I shouldn't say that. That is the game that is their big game of the year that they are coming out with. That's at least announced right now. Um, for 2022, that is. But kind of looking at the rest of Bethesda and their pockets of studios, one do you think we'll see anything else from I? I personally don't. Do you think we'll see anything else from Bethesda Game Studios? You know, whether we're talking anything from Elder Scrolls Six, fuck Fallout, anything like that. Do you think we'll see anything remotely at all? Saying, hey, yes, we're working. This is you know, Starfield's coming out. This is our big one. This is coming out this year. We're excited to talk about that, but also to just to keep in mind. This is what's next. Here's a little snippet of, you know, in-game or in-engine footage from The Elder Scrolls 6 or something like that. I don't think so. I think the very much so the message is going to be Starfield and nothing else from that sect of Bethesda. But w- what do you kind of think?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think like I, I kind of agree with you there that they probably won't be doing anything to kind of undermine what they're looking to, you know, release with Starfield.
2: Mm-hmm. I just
1: think that you're doing a a little bit of a... Um, I think you're doing yourself a little bit of a, a, a disservice. You're maybe shooting yourself a little bit in the foot if you were to undermine, you know, what you've been working on with something like that. Because to a lot of people, they might actually, like, a lot of people might just be looking forward to... Elder Scrolls and not paying attention to Starfield at all. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that that's a reasonable I guess it could be reasonable. I guess anyone could really say like,
0: "Oh no, that's reasonable to think that way." Like, yeah. I guess you could. But a- anything but, could happen. I mean, as we've seen with a lot of stuff, anything could fucking happen. But I, I I'm just go ahead. I'm just
1: hoping that you know, I think, you know, they might show us a little bit about Elder Scrolls, but they're it's not going to be like a complete and total symposium of what's coming from older scrolls. No, no, no. Because absolutely. Even not. if it was just something like showing us fifteen seconds of in in engine footage or something, right. like that would be, you know, more than enough for a lot of people, myself included. And not that Bethesda owes me anything. Right. But I think like that would do enough where you wouldn't really undermine the message you're trying to uh, push with uh, starfield and how great that game's going to be mm-hmm. but you still give people that are excited for the next thing coming mm-hmm. um you at least give like you know what their taste buds a little bit
0: no definitely uh how about this how about how about this do you think do you think the phrase elder scrolls is mentioned during bethesda's portion of the show
1: yeah okay. even if it's just like a a troll i would actually right. or just in, under it like two and a half
0: or just in passing anything like that i i, I think we do get a mention of at least an acknowledgement of at least the elder scrolls in some fashion um whether i i don't think it will be with elder Scrolls 6 or anything like that but i think we do hear elder scrolls and fallout and in, involved at least at some point um our uh the other big game that we mentioned to Redfall from arcane the vampire hunting game that was the one more thing at last year's uh uh, Xbox showcase um, at E3. Uh, not a lot is known about this game, and we really, for a game that's coming out in 2022, has a 2022 date on it, still has a 2022 date on it, supposedly, that we really haven't heard much from this game at all. Do you think this is something we could potentially see bumped, Mike, to 2023, to even be like, you know, hey, this is this is going to be our... Uh q one game that comes out and kind of dominates that the word of mouth of that time frame that Christmas hangover game that comes out that kind of gets people you know reinvigorated uh post holiday season of video games and kind of gets that out of the way of Starfield because we haven't really seen gameplay for this game at all, like that usually for a game that's coming out this soon. We've kind of seen that is potentially a bad sign. Uh, what do you think? Do you think this is something that potentially gets bumped to next year?
1: Yeah, it, if I mean, you could go at it with, like, a complete and total, like, you could go at it with a complete and total, like, shadow-esque drop if you really wanted to. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know that I would want to go by that business model, but, you know, there are uh, studios that have super good luck, uh you know with that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and um i could see it being pushed um you know i don't know especially with covid and everything in today's day and age i just don't think rushing games ever gets you anywhere it never really has Mm -hmm. has there been games that have been rushed that have wound up good uh look at halo 2 Mm -hmm. um you know halo 2 by all intents and purposes needed a complete engine rebuild like within a year of release and they got it all done Mm -hmm. um But like, I don't think, you know, there's there's a lot more examples of games that were rushed and turned into pig shit than, you know, Mm -hmm. wound up as gold. So I think. Pushing it is probably the the smartest thing you could really do. Because as from Microsoft's point of view, what are you really in a hurry for at this point? Like, you already know you have some bangers coming out. Do you want to get content out? Sure. But again, you're still having supply chain issues, as everyone is. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that there's really a rush to, like, hurry up and get stuff out there when people might not even be able to consume it. Right. And at some point, we got to stop developing games for the Xbox One. Because that's literally, like could be single-handedly what destroyed Halo Infinite. And nobody's talking about that, Mm -hmm. but we got to stop supporting the older generation, especially like the OG Xbox one. Like I'm not trying to gatekeep anyone, but at some point, when is it, when, when is it costing you too much? Halo Infinite might be a game that like, there's just no reason that it should be designed to run on the original Xbox one, like the VCR one. There's just not, I get that you want everyone to be able to play it, but you know, it, how bad did you screw the game up trying to do that?
0: right yeah no i i totally agree but um and i guess finally looking at it from the outside the only real game that we know of for right now that is coming uh from really i guess any other bethesda studio that we know was hey was announced everything like that uh would be uh indiana jones yeah indiana jones from machine games um that's the only one that we have concrete evidence that hey this is coming out this is an actual thing um, with Todd Howard being an executive producer with it uh, and obviously machine games that got uh, the crew over in uh, over in Europe that was doing uh, Wolfenstein. so coming from them, We have no idea when this game's coming out outside of literally all we know is basically we got a trailer that was very akin to the After Scroll six when the teaser came out for that. That was all but a just quick After Effects, like quick snippet of, hey, here's a JPEG of the title or of, you know, the Indiana Jones logo. This is what we're doing. You know, Machine Games is doing it. Do you think we hear anything from this at all? And I'm going to throw you one in there just to kind of button up the show a little bit. What do you think we hear from first? This Indiana Jones game, anything from id Software, obviously Doom and Doom Eternal coming out and Doom Eternal coming out now two years ago, having a little bit of time in between there. Or do we hear something, or uh, do we hear something from uh, uh, Tango Gameworks, the developer behind ghostwire tokyo and then obviously the evil within before that what do you think we hear from first do you think we hear from tango id or machine games if they're working on obviously indiana jones obviously but even wolfenstein what's going on with that
1: um i honestly think you'll you'll hear from both id and uh machine games because Mm -hmm. um with the move of um like enemy territory and in, in those games to steam
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i don't know that the timing was really random for that right it could have been is it like the second fiscal calendar i don't run according to fiscal i i anymore. can't
0: i can't remember um exactly now that also that aligned with to a degree of hey we're we're shutting the bethesda launcher down and we're moving everything to steam but at the same time too they're also giving stuff away for free with that, and they're also at the same time giving very specific things away for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like it, it, that... like enemy territory is a very specific game. Wolfenstein is a very yeah, specific. Old. Well, it's it's a very specific franchise to kind of target when you could be like, hey, we're giving everybody a copy of Oblivion or Morrowind or something like that. That like are well known games that a ton of people have already, but. Wolfenstein is very much a, a niche franchise in 2022. So great franchise, but a niche one that they're giving away something for free that is from that franchise. Like, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that I wouldn't be shocked if we don't hear from Machine Games like that. That is kind of a nod to keep an eye on the franchise that is associated with them. Like, maybe there is something coming. But no, I didn't mean to cut you off, though.
1: You're good. No, I think we'll get it from machine games and ID, honestly, from both. And I don't think it's going to be anything like uh, it's not going to be anything major. It's just going to be like a little teaser, like something silly just to get people talking about something again.
2: Yeah.
0: And and, and I'm right there with you. I, I think we. I think there's the potential to hear from ID to see what they're working on next, Um, whether it's Doom related, whether it's you know something else completely different who the fuck knows man um and i think i think we at least maybe see a proof of concept for the indiana jones game um this is a game that from interviews that we've heard from todd howard that this is an idea for our game indiana jones game that he's had in his mind for a long time he's not obviously developing it hands on but in and he's even said in his executive uh producer position he is very much Hey, I'm just checking in on it every now and then I'm throwing my two cents in kind of thing, but not having that actual game director hands on feel that he's having with like a Starfield Elder Scrolls, something like that. Um, But this is a game he said he's had the concept for for a long time that is thought out, obviously, and, you know, has a little bit more uh, depth to it because it's been around for so long and now, you know, Uh, finding the team at machine games who latched onto and are saying, yeah, well that we'd love to make something like that, you know, working with Disney to get the IP now to be able to, or license the IP to be able to do that. You know, it seems like, and there's somebody who loves machine games and the titles they put out, they know how to do set pieces really well. Um, So I'm really excited to see that translate over the Indiana Jones, but I definitely could see us at least getting that, but I would not be shocked if we hear from it. Like I think it's very much possible we hear something from ID saying, "Hey, we've been working on, you know, this is what the future of Doom looks like." Here's a snippet of, you know, the, maybe that's the one more thing for this year. Like, hey, whatever's next from ID with Doom because we heard, uh, we heard about Doom Eternal two years after Doom 2016 came out. So, who knows? Stranger things have happened. But outside of that, speaking of, go ahead, go ahead. That show is going to be coming out soon, very soon this month. Yeah. And then we got I kept thinking for some reason that. This season was the last one, knowing they were splitting it into two parts to tell it, but I. Uh, but when I was uh, I, I don't know why I was thinking that, but we're going to have another season next year. of it. so not we don't have to bust out the tissues yet on it. And we're we still got a little time for this thing, but I'm so yeah, glad I already there. had a sunset Ozark right yeah and that's a fuck that's a show i need to get back into i only watched a oh handful of episodes but it's so good i know i know i know i know i need to get in on it but anywho mike i think that's going to do it for episode this week so why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet talk about all we talked about the upcoming xbox game showcase uh naturally halo infinite and <laughs> whatever the hell's going on with that where can people <laughs> find you online to talk about all this
1: um, you can find me on Twitch at mp underscore toy soldier. Um, recently I've been streaming here and there, just streaming like farming, uh, gear in Diablo 2. So if that's not your thing, I I understand. But I do seriously want to get back into speedrunning a little bit. So keep an eye out for that. Or uh, you can find me where the bluebird sings uh, at at uh, t o y s x l d i e r. That's toy soldier, but the second O is an X nice nice
0: and as always i'm your host travis white aka Travelist on most internet platforms including at Travelist underscore on twitter that's t-r-a-v-l-e-s-s underscore you can also find me streaming time to time on twitch.tv slash Travelist underscore same as twitter and if you want to play some video games with me you can do so at pretty much any platform but specifically xbox live at just regular old travelists that's t-r-a-v-l-e-s-s and this ladies and gentlemen has been your newest episode of the game pass game your weekly go-to podcast for all things xbox Xbox Game Pass, and of course, PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes each and every Friday when they drop on YouTube. Uh, Friday morning, when they drop on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Pod, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, raise, and review us wherever you get a podcast at, and follow us on Twitter, at GPGC Podcasts, to stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games, like, and our dope giveaways. And Mike, that being said, that's going to do it for episode this week. Thank you everyone so much for listening, sharing and being a part of our growing community. Game on, wash your hands, listen to the doctors, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week.